But thank you all for showing up this afternoon. I know you've done this several times, but we wanted to do it up close and personal. The phone is fine, but we want to see you guys, okay? I mean, we can see you guys. You know that, right? Just kidding. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but thank you all who, uh, who stayed with us this afternoon. We're uh, going to go ahead and get started. Um, does Kelly in here? Okay, so first we're going to start out with having each candidate, you have three minutes to just tell us who you are and anything else that you'd like to share. And then we'll have a list of questions that have been submitted by the committee. And you each will have a chance to respond to the questions. And if we have time after that, we'll take additional questions from the floor. Okay, so we're going to start out with... Ray Campbell. Okay. Three minutes? That's what you said? Okay. That's, that's, that's no problem. The sooner you cut me off, the better. Good afternoon, uh, folks uh, from the Multicultural Affairs Committee. My name is Ray Campbell, and I'm seeking the office of Second Vice President of the American Council of the Blind. For the past six years, I've had the honor of uh, stepping in for uh, filling the shoes of one of our ACB angels, Marlena Lieber, and serving as ACB Secretary. And that, along with being chair of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee and being on the board for several years, I think has prepared me well for this position. I only have three minutes, so I'd like to just kind of tailor this to some of the issues that I see in ACB that kind of revolve around some of the things that uh, are deal with diversity and inclusion. Um, I actually have been doing a lot of diversity and inclusion during my professional work. Uh, I was uh, president of the uh, Employee Business Partner Group uh, at Lucent Technologies for people with disabilities. And in that role, uh, <clears throat> along with the role I'm in now, which is the chief of staff of the newly formed Business Resource Group for Employees with Disabilities at United Airlines, uh, where I work as senior accessibility analyst. I uh, work closely with a lot of other groups that are on the diversity and inclusion space. One of the issues that I am concerned about in ACB is the diversity of leadership. If you look at the five candidates who are running this year, uh, we have, we're good candidates, don't get me wrong, I think we're good people, but we're all, except for one, we're all white males. And I think that ACB, one of the things we've got to figure out how to do, and we may need your help with this, is to recruit candidates of various backgrounds to run for leadership positions, whether it be people of color, women, LGBTQ uh, plus uh, Hispanic, uh, Asian, or Native American, and other uh, folks as well. Uh, ACB is a diverse organization of people from various walks of life, and it, its leadership needs to reflect that. So I think we need to do a little better job in that area uh, going forward. Um, how we do that, again, th that's where I think we may need your help. Um, I think that... Um, it's important, uh, ACB and the affiliates are the backbone of ACB. I think we need to do what we can to strengthen our affiliates, whether it be helping those affiliates uh, through uh, grant opportunities or other uh, short-term assistance that we can provide, uh, help them financially, or also um, um, helping maybe encouraging our sponsors to work with our affiliates, um, on state affiliates and special interest affiliates. So. 
that's all I have right now. I look forward to your questions, and I sure would appreciate your vote. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Ray. And uh, I, I've been told that I messed up. It was supposed to be two minutes and not three, so I apologize for that. Okay. So if I was going to continue that in a minute, I'm sorry. But we'll make it up at some point. Good afternoon, Mark Reichert here. How are y'all doing? We were all commenting uh, up here that, wow, wasn't that presentation we just saw unbelievable? That was incredible. Um, I appreciate y'all applauding it. I wasn't really trying to go for making you do that, but but I, I, I mean, I have to confess I'm sitting back there. I don't know if this happens to any of you. Um, as soon as I tell you that I just turned 50, probably most people in this room might say something like, oh, you're just a kid. What are you talking about? But I, maybe you have this experience. Um, I find myself getting getting cheered up more about things when you hear it. Um, the sentimentality of things that you might see on television, the cheesiest things you might see. And then Lord knows uh, you see a presentation like what we just got a chance to see. And I was only really able to come in in the last few minutes of it. Um, and uh, something profound like that, it has, a, has an effect. Um, and I think it does have more of an effect as we get older, for sure. But I just wanted to share that with you. Um, so again, Mark Reichert, um, the wordy guy who runs our resolutions process. Um, now you know me because of that. Um, I assume most others of you probably know me because for some 25 years or more, I've worked at the national level doing public policy and governmental relations work. Uh, not only for the American Council of the Blind, for which I was honored to serve as a staff member for about a year and a half or so, long way back in the day, uh, but for a number of other organizations, most recently the American Foundation for the Blind for some 13 years. And I've tried to make this point in other um, contexts and other caucuses that we've had, but it, it really is true. I think in the blindness and vision impairment community, um, our organizations really do look to uh, to, to the folks who do the policy work at the national level, as sort of their right-hand strategy person. And what that's meant for me is that in addition to my private life where I've had a lot of experience working on boards, and indeed at one point being the executive director of our professional association in our field, um, the, uh, I've, I've had a lot of experience working at the national level and I look forward to bringing that to this team of, I think, outstanding candidates. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Well, good, good afternoon, <laughs> Multicultural Affairs Committee. I'm the lone female in this group. Me and my guys, I guess. <laughs> That's right, I feel privileged. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Denise Pauley. I am from Lacey, Washington. Uh, Lacey is about the bedroom community of Olympia. You know, a name like Lacey, it has to be a bedroom community. Um, we're about 60 miles south of Seattle, to give you a little bit of reference. I am running for the office of ACD Secretary. Um, I currently am completing my third year on the ACD Board of Directors and have felt very privileged to be in that position. I am also chairing the ACD Scholarship Committee. And I served on and chaired the ACD Board of Publications. And it was really in that capacity where I got to really see the way ACB communicates both internally and externally. I think one of the 
my one of the greatest things that I've been able to do here in ACB was during my time on the board of publications because I got to be in the forefront of moving us from a situation where we were only going to be able to put out four issues a year due to budget constraints to getting us back to being able to put out 12 issues a year with six of them being hard copy and six of them being electronic. And we were also able to really increase the quality and quantity of information that went into the ACB Braille Forum. And I felt very privileged to be a part of that opportunity. I really think that one of ACB's greatest challenges right now is membership retention and membership growth. We are living in a society of people who are not joiners. People don't want to join things anymore. They're the younger, um, the younger population is not into what we used to call "quote unquote" causes. They don't, they don't know what it means to really be advocate for and and do things to promote our civil rights. And so, I want to be a part of trying to bring people forward and trying to find ways of making people want to belong, making people feel like they can belong. And I really believe that our special interest affiliates and our committees are the backbone for making that happen because you're focusing on real specific things. So thank you very much and I welcome your vote. I'm David Trot, and I'm coming to you today asking your vote uh, to re-elect me as treasurer. I've been your treasurer for the last two years, and prior to that, I was on the ACB board for many years. I've served under three presidents, uh, Chris Gray, Mitch Pomerantz, and Kim Charlson. And under each of those presidents, I was able to learn and grow in this organization. Uh, so it was kind of an on-the-job mentorship program for me. Also, I'm kind of the odd man out up here today because I'm the only one with vision. I'm low vision. I'm sure we all have a vision, right? <laughs> but uh, I think ACB has come a long way and we have a long way to go in our cultural diversity. But I, I think at one time, uh, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here today. Uh, and I'm glad to see that those things have changed. I want them to change for the better. I want us to be included and all be as one. We work hard for the lives of the blind, and it needs to be the lives of all blind and not just one group of blind. So again, I come to you and I ask for your support. I hope that the job that I've done over the years is good enough that I've earned your vote this week. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. My name is Dan Spoon. I'm from Orlando, Florida, and I'm running for the office of president of ACB. Uh, I want to first say uh, just it's been a unique experience for us officers, uh, candidates for our uh, office, this, uh, through all the candidates' uh, forums and caucuses we've got to participate in over the last few weeks, and that we're all at this point in time running unopposed. And so it, it's been an interesting conversation, and I, and I really want it to be a good conversation that it's not just for you all to learn about 
about us, but I hope it's also, and I want it to be an opportunity for us to learn about you, your committee, the Multicultural Affairs Committee, and what issues and concerns are on your mind. So we can talk a little bit, but what we mainly need to be up here to doing today is listen, listen to your concerns, and I'm here to do that. Um, I, I want to take a moment to just say that, uh, you know, Mitch Pomerantz, I don't know if Mitch is in the room or not, but uh, he was, uh, you know, kind enough to give me some opportunities when I first joined the board in 2012 to, to shepherd some our Gold II committee from a financial standpoint. And I think our board has worked really hard over the last seven, six, seven, eight years, I'm sure, even way before that. But, but for the first time, I think we've really reached financial stability here over the last three years. And uh, it's really, it's a good feeling to be able to grow staff, to hire new people on, and to not be worrying where every diamond nickel is going to come from to keep the organization afloat. So I'm very proud of, uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm very proud of, of the little contribution I had and, and very proud of our board for what we've done to, uh, to accomplish that with all the hard work of Eric Bridges, our executive director, Kim Charlton as our president. But, you know, I've always said that, you know, oh, Tom, okay. <laughs> nice to see you. All right, we'll talk more later. Okay, well, thank you so much to all of our candidates, and we're going to move forward with our questions. And we have a question. Um, uh, Sandra Summers is going to do the first question, and then Kelly's going to come with a list of questions that were compiled by the committee. So, Donna, would you take Sandra? I shall. Thank you. Thank you. Um, good afternoon. So, just a general question. I know that um, ACB is definitely, we, we operate on a lot of different fronts. There are lots of different moving pieces. But I'm wondering what can be done to ensure that we have diversity in all of our brochures, our videos, our um, ACB has a wealth of talent, and, and I, I'm just wondering what will be done to ensure that um, it is evenly utilized. And so you see the diversity of ACB, because we're the diversity of America, in all of ACB's publications. How, how will you all go about ensuring that that happens? Sandra, thank you very much for that question. I think, really, it, it's by being intentional. It doesn't happen if you don't put attention towards it. And I think that's something I've learned throughout my career is if you want something to happen, you, you've got to really make a plan about it and you've got to execute that plan. And so what what happens to us a lot, I think we, we take the, the the easy way out or the easiest solution or the quickest solution, and we don't look at being intentional and being inclusive. Uh, I've grown up in a community in Orlando, Florida, which is extremely diverse, extremely diverse neighborhood, and, and it grew up in a, in a very diverse high school with all kinds of uh, uh, 
you know, uh, demographics of, of different types of folks. And so I grew up with diversity. It, it really, it, 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 it's in my fiber and in my bones. I think we've demonstrated that through my opportunity as an officer liaison to the International Relations Committee with you and your team. And, uh, and I really do believe we just have to be intentional about it. We have to make sure that we represent appropriately our organization. Okay. Sure. <coughs> Sandra? Okay, I'll wait, I'll wait till she starts. <coughs> okay, thank you, Sandra, for that question. Um, uh, very good <coughs> question. I, I think that one of the ways that we can there are a number of ways I think we can utilize the talent that ACB has. One of the areas that I've been <coughs> saddened to not see move forward as much as I think it should is putting out more information in Spanish. Um, we have a huge Spanish pop speaking population in the United States that, uh, and, you know, that we serve and we need to serve. And um, I know we made some attempts a few years ago to do the Washington Connection in Spanish. Um, that didn't go as far as we wanted but you know we've got through our social media channels through our youtube channel we can certainly put out more things in other languages and other uh, and, and stuff like that i think we can certainly look to do those things i also think um when i think of diversity and inclusion i think of including maybe people amongst us who are not always included as much as possible that's why i'm so pleased and yes, I know I live with the chairman of this committee, but that's why I'm so pleased to see the work and the efforts that have been done to make sure that our deafblind participants are able to fully participate in our conferences and conventions. That has been, uh, it, 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 and, 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 and you know what? The thing about it that I'm most glad to see is, look, let's do it, we'll find a way to pay for it because some of the interpreting and stuff is expensive, but darn it, we need to make sure those people are included and I think we, the other thing I'm real happy to see happening is some of the things coming out of our conventions and meetings, uh, strategic plan action team, looking to make sure that we can at least help, find ways to try and help people who may need some extra assistance that maybe have other disabilities or have other uh, issues that they're dealing with uh, to be able to fully participate in ACB as much as possible. So uh, I think we can talk about certain other languages and stuff, but I think even going farther than that, folks within our own community. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Great, uh, Mark Riker here. Thanks so much, Sandra. Really appreciate the question. I will tell you, to answer your question, what I have done in this area, what I served as the executive director of the professional association in our field, so AER, standing for Association for Ed and Rehab of the Blind, Visually Impaired, we were absolutely, and quite frankly, AER still continues to be, our whole field continues to be desperate for additional professionals to meet the needs of all of us who are blind or visually impaired, kids, adults, and seniors. And uh, how many of you out there, by a sign of applause, think that the people who provide services to us ought to look and come from communities and backgrounds that actually represent How about that? So that is exactly the challenge that we had to face at AER, which was if you're gonna go through some kind of a campaign and we raised about $100,000, I helped make some of that happen because I was the ED at that time. We pulled from various organizations around the country and said, let's get together, let's put a campaign together to try to recruit new professionals. You know what? 
it is a real struggle, and one of my fellow candidates up here said, said the magic word, and that is you have to make a choice to do this work intentionally. It can't just be that, gee, maybe it'll happen, especially considering, frankly, how homogenous, if I can put it that way, our, our community is. Certainly it's true among the professionals, um, and, and, and so as we look at ACB and we say we want to actually communicate more about exactly what the whole breadth and depth of the blindness community actually looks like and does, does ACB reflect it, we have to make that choice to say that's the message we want to convey, that it isn't just a bunch of you know Northern Europeans. Uh, the simple truth of the matter is uh, our community is different. We just need to reflect that. One footnote I do want to caution us on, though, and that is the last thing that we want to get into is a profound and, frankly, exploitative tokenism. And this is the biggest problem. I, when I, I was so angry when people said, when I was running AER, well, gee, well, I guess what you're really talking about is putting a person of color and a woman on that thing. Well, I guess we'll be all set so long as we do that. And that's what, and that's what that kind of attitude can devolve into. And so in order to avoid that, you know what you have to do? That attitude has no integrity. What has integrity? Having a membership outreach, active, active uh, campaign that says, we want to reach out to the community that, it, that is out there that is indeed already diverse. We don't have to try to make it diverse. It is diverse. We just haven't been reaching out to it. And you know what? When you recruit more and more people like that who are in fact truly representative of how our community really is, then you have more people for an Eric or hopefully our new president, Dan, to pick up the phone and say, hi there, we're putting a video together. I'd love for you to be a part of this. That's my name. Sandra and committee, thank you for the question. You know, I, I'm all for recruitment and everything, but I really think that the bigger issue is that I think ACB is, it's about time we do a culture shift. ACB, it, it needs to become automatic. It needs to become uh, something that, you, that just happens, that you don't have to stop and think about. And I don't think ACB is at a point yet where we are in being completely inclusive of all of the populations within ACB to ensure that we are including them and, the, and including all of us and what we bring to the organization. So I think we really, it needs to be, start with a culture shift uh, and a shift in attitude within ACB. And we need, we need all of you to step up and say, we want to become leaders of this organization. We want to, through um, what we can bring and through the role models that we can be to bring in uh, other blind people of color, of different races, of you know whatever diversity we're talking about, that in doing that, then inclusion in our brochures and inclusion in our videos and on our YouTube channel will happen just automatically. Otherwise, the minute you have to stop and think, oh dear, are we including everybody? Is everybody we're leaving out? Then it becomes, it, it becomes something that doesn't just happen smoothly. And I, I'm 
really wanting to see the culture shift within ACB as a whole. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. I'm gonna answer this question in kind of a different way, in kind of a weird way. We actually started doing this and it happened by accident. Uh, I don't think that we ever intentionally did include or didn't include anybody, but what we did to start including was we asked for people's stories for our mail outs, for our, our mailing program. And we got several stories from different, different areas, different backgrounds, different races, and we've used those. Uh, I think that committee-wise, we tend to be in a committee slump where we tend to re just rerun people over and over and over again. I think it's time that our local affiliates and our chapters stood up and were strong and said, hey, we got this one and we got that one that are qualified people and they want to serve on these committees. And I think it's time that, that our officers and our leadership listen to those people. And you know, if somebody's giving you 15 years of service on a committee, it is nice to ask them if they would be willing to step down and let somebody else take have a turn. Because I did this actually during uh, Mitch Pomerantz's administration. Actually, I asked him to take me out as chair of resource and development. I had been resource and development chair for about six or eight years, you know, and, and over a period of time, you get burned in one area. That doesn't mean you're not effective in others. And we just need to be more open. And I think once we open up, it'll be like our mailing program. Uh, we will have more diversity, and we will find that it will be a pleasant experience like we did with the mail. Uh, we had a lady who was one of the biggest, you know, in the uh, history of our mailings. None of us knew anything about until we reached out. And we're not reaching out. We're, we're you know, we're re-running people. That's essentially what we're doing. Oh, let me hush this woman might get me. She's rough. Thank you. And I'm sitting right okay. there if y'all wonder why I'm scared. All right. Thank you, David. Okay. Kelly, are you in the room with our questions? Okay. All right. If you want to come and read the first question Okay. So the first question is, what would be your plan for the future for diversifying ACB, social status, cultural age, etc.? And you each have one
folks like uh, Michael Garrett and Peggy Garrett and uh, George Holliday and Mitch Pomerantz and many others and find out from them who, who do they believe is, is I, I, I'm ready, really, ready, willing, and able to take advice and listen, and, and from that, then make a decision of who the right person would be for our position. What insurance company is it that says, that's enough talking, it's time to get listening? Uh, Dan's exactly right. We need to listen and, I, and to everyone out there and find out who is qualified and, and who are good people that want to serve ACB. And I don't think it's just a matter of racial and ethnic diversity in that. You asked about social status. And I think that's important too. You know, we had a situation last year where we had to twist arms to find two candidates to fill all the board positions that we had available. I think part of the reason for that is right now we don't reimburse expenses for our board members. Now we do give a stipend, we raise that, which is I think gonna help make it possible for more people to uh, serve on the board because you don't have to be uh, have a lot of money to do it. I think that's true. The second thing I'd say is there are groups that I don't think we always talk about. We talk about people of color and African-American, Hispanic, and LGBTQ plus things and people of that nature. We don't talk about Native Americans that much. I mean, we have, uh, and we have a leader among us, Deanna Quietwater Noriega, who is a wonderful leader. We don't talk about Asians. I think the sentiment is, generally speaking, that Asians have it all good. Well, we don't know that, and we need to reach out and find out how to recruit more people of Asian descent as well. Thank you. Thank you. So Mark here, the first thing I'd say about you know, what is my plan, uh, it isn't gonna be my plan. Uh, it's gonna be, I, 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 my, my first sense as a, a person, if you put your faith in me to be your first vice president, it's not to be the yes man forever the president he or she may be, but it certainly is to be that person's right hand to, do, to, to help him or her succeed, to help all of us succeed on the board, among us officers, on the board and all of us. So. The plan isn't gonna be mine, it's gonna be a shared vision, and if it's not a shared vision, that plan is going nowhere. Second thing I'd say is, um, we got absolutely do need to reach out, and all of those things that folks have said in terms of intentionally choosing and reaching out to other folks. I don't know about you, one of my favorite comedians and storytellers is Garrison Keeler, and Garrison Keeler has a fun line, and one of his lines is, one of the problems with democracy is that sometimes it attracts a lot of people with time to kill. All right, and what you don't want to do is to try to find a bunch of people with time to kill. You want people who've got a fire lit under them, and that means, yes, we reach out and see who's interested in doing some things, but we have to do, and I think, Dan, you mentioned this, take that intentional look as well to raise up leaders, which means we're gonna look to affiliates uh, and, and, and groups like this one to say, counsel us on who some of we know who some of those folks are. Who should we be reaching out to? Because maybe there are some hidden gems out there. I think the thing that I would do is 
get to know you as individuals. I want to be the one who can bring along and encourage individuals to move into leadership roles. If I don't know you, if I don't know what you could bring to the organization, what, if I don't know your skills and abilities, then I can't encourage. And I want to be an encourager. So my plan would be to just have the opportunity to get to know you as people, irrespective of whatever the diversity area is that we're talking about. What do you as a person bring to the organization that would help move the organization forward? And that would really be my plan for making us more inclusive. Thank you. This is David again. My plan is to do exactly what I've always done. I'm out there among you. I'm out there listening to you. You know I'm everywhere. I, I bring people to the restroom. I, I, I do all these different things. And, do, and doing this, I learn about people. I learn about their affiliates because I ask questions. Uh, that, that paid off earlier last year when President Charleston asked me about what I thought about a person being the chair of a new committee, well, actually, a new chair for a committee, and I was able to answer her because I knew that person. You can't just guess, and my goal has always been to be there for you, not, as an, not just as an officer, but as a volunteer and as a friend, and as a friend, I listen, and I listen to anybody that comes to me, calls me, or whatever. And that would be my way to continue to make this happen because I think it's the best way. All right, thank you all for that. And David, just hold on to the mic, and Kelly's going to read the next question for us. Okay, so the next question is, how will you reach out to involve younger people and minorities to fulfill a more integral part of the of ACB as a whole? And I think that most of you have kind of touched on that pretty well. So you know what, we're gonna move on to the next question just to make sure we get through all of them. Oh, there's only 27 more Okay, so the next question is, what is your role in your individual chapter in creating diversity? My role in my individual chapter to create diversity is actually been twofold. Um, as part of recruitment, um, I came up in a different era. I went to the Alabama School for the Blind in the late 60s. And when we integrated, we were taught, you know, everybody called each other brother and sister back then. Well, when you live in a dorm with uh, 35 or 40 other guys, the term brother really means something. And when you're constantly with other people, sister means something. So from somebody from Alabama, I, I view race and culture totally different than most that are out in the public world because I was raised 
in a culturally diverse environment to begin with. Um, I think that what I do is I go out and recruit people. Yes, uh, I do recruit specifically uh, in the Hispanic areas and in, in the African American areas for the simple reason that I don't feel like we have enough representation. But I recruit them as friends first and then as ACB members. Thank you. Thank you, David. Well, I would have to be honest and say I probably haven't done as good a job at it as I should as president of our state affiliate. But once again, I do tend to look at people as individuals and my members as individuals and what they can bring. And I try to uh, understand culturally where they're coming from. I try to understand culturally um, ideas that are brought forward, and I try to be as open and receptive of new ideas and new thought processes as I can. And I know that um, if you were to look at my affiliate, we don't have a lot of individuals um, of other, you know, um, of other diversities, but uh, it's it's an area that we certainly are going to continue to work on and move forward. Thank you, Denise. Mark here. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mentioned at the very beginning of all this that my work has been at the national level, and as and because the organizations that I've worked with at the national level, AFB, National Industries for the Blind, you go through all, all the B's, all the alphabet soup. Um, all except for one, headquartered in Baltimore. I haven't worked for that one. Uh, other than that, um, I, I, because of that, I have tended to steer clear of, in the past, ACB politics, and because, whether it be at the chapter or the national level, because I didn't want there to ever be any, you know, uh, concern about a conflict. Uh, you work that closely with national organizations, you gotta watch it. Uh, so my life has changed now, so it, it frees me up to do some more things. I will tell you that in that national work, one of the things that I've certainly learned, and it's been a very effective tool in advocating for the various issues that we all care about, is that you, you absolutely cannot and should not assume, and frankly, you ought to celebrate and take most advantage of how diverse people are. And I'm gonna say some things, you, you, know, you might roll your little nose at me or wrinkle your nose at me, but it's like this. Just because someone is a person of color doesn't mean that they're going to be a liberal Democrat. And just because someone's from an LGBTQ perspective doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be a fiscal conservative or liberal. And the notion of, and, and we do this sort of thing all the time where we don't treat, we think of people as categories and not as individuals. I, what I've always tried to do is to try to find those people that go with us on campaigns who are true, truly genuine to who they are, what they believe, and therefore, those people come across being a lot more authentic than they otherwise would be. Let me know when you're ready. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm like Denise, I probably haven't done as good a job at this at the ACB, uh, either local chapter or state affiliate level as I would like to. Um, and I'm not proud of the fact that our state affiliate probably is not as diverse as it needs to be. But uh, 
I would say this. I think some of the things I have done, though, is I've tried to, and I think this is a, 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 a mark for inclusion, one of the things I've tried to do is find things for every member in the organization to do. One of my most rewarding things that I did when I was president of our local chapter is we had a member, paid her dues every year, was very faithful, was a shut-in, couldn't come to meetings. And I said, you know what? This would be a good person for our chapter calling committee. And I called her up and I asked her to serve. I never heard somebody so thrilled to be asked to serve in, that, in a capacity like that. So I think it's um, not just about recruiting, but I think you also need to find things for truly include people, you need to get to know them as individuals, understand what talents they have, and reach out to them. If you're not sure, reach out to them and say, hey, I've got this opportunity. Would you like to give it a shot? And if not, and say, hey, you know, I'll help you, I'll encourage you. And if not, that's fine too, but uh, at least offer the opportunity. Thank you. that 
I've had, and I pledge to you that as your secretary, my uh, the, the thing that I most want to see happen is open, transparent communication. I think the board and the staff need to not continue working in a vacuum, which is what I felt sometimes, and we need to be more open and transparent. Thank you, Denise. Okay, I guess I'm next. Since I got the mic. <laughs> um, okay. I really would appreciate your support. Um, I, I must have been doing something right over the years. I've been elected to several different things and I've served in several different things. But know in this time that I've also grown and learned and I can continue growing and learning by your questions today. This is how I focus my future in ACB and how I work as an officer or a board member is during the candidates time, we ask that the questions they ask is my guidance. My, my thing to you would be as I close, the things that we said on our candidates page and the things that we said to you in all these caucuses, the things that we've committed to do, ask us in three months, and ask us in six months what we've done. Thank you. Thank you. Two things to answer this question. Number one, it's not enough to recruit people of diverse backgrounds. We need to find things, get them involved, and do things to retain them. Uh, I think we've done a great job in, uh, we have two very dynamic younger folks on our board now, and Sarah Conrad and Katie Frederick. We need more people like that to come in, and we need more people to truly come in from diverse backgrounds and get them involved and use their skills and talents, just like we do everybody else's. Secondly, I think inclusion is more about than just including people of different races and ethnic backgrounds. It's people of all abilities, whether there's somebody who's deafblind or whether somebody has other disabilities or that sort of thing. This convention, for example, I think is terrible for somebody that has a, a problem walking. It's, it, we need to look at those kinds of things. I sure appreciate your vote for second vice president and I thank you for the opportunity.
but not only the, the, the legislative or policy side of things, but the politics, even with a small p. You want someone who understood the background and how we've come to where we've been over the last 25 years within ACB. I've lived it having been both mentored by and mentored other people who are in leadership positions within ACB. I bring those skills to this table and I'm frankly so excited to be part of a team like this where I think each one of us can be kind of a gem, a proverbial metaphor about the net of gems where every gem has something to shine and it's reflecting in each other. I think frankly that's what you get with this team of uh, officers. I hope uh, to have your support and uh, God bless and help us fly. Thank you. I know. Thank you, Mark and team. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And first, Mark and Ray, you're scaring my wife to death. So I wish we quit having these conversations about if something happens to the president. <laughs> 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 it's, it's got Leslie really, really worried. <laughs> But but I I do want to say that that it, this is a really is it's a wonderful team and it is a daunting responsibility and we are we are here to listen we are here to learn I'm so glad that the multicultural affairs committee had this caucus today these are the types of caucuses we need to have we're listening to real issues from real people and making sure that we do a really good job of being inclusive. Mitch and I had this conversation in DC just a few months ago, and I'll reiterate what I said before. It will not happen if we're not intentional about it. You have my promise that I'll be intentional, and I really would appreciate your vote for president of ACB. Thank you. All right, folks. These are our candidates. These are the upcoming leaders of ACB. I hope that you all have listened very carefully to their responses to our questions. I hope that our questions have helped give them a better understanding of some of our expectations of them as our leaders. So thank you all for coming, for taking time out to share with us this afternoon who you are and what your plans are for ACB. And thanks to all of you who stayed with us this afternoon. And I apologize that you were not able to ask questions, but of course we went a little bit over on time. But I hope that everybody benefited. And thank you again. Town Hall, Wednesday night. And have a great rest of your day.